Friends and foes, I am so excited here on Back of the Cereal Box to be sitting next to a legend of stage and screen, Patrick Cronin. You've seen him in everything, on Seinfeld and Alice and Different Strokes and uh, everything, everything. Uh, you're you're one of those guys. We talked about that yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I used to... In my younger days, I'm 81 now. In my younger days, I looked like Ned Beatty. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so I would have people come up to me on the street in Hollywood and they'd say, I love Deliverance. I'd go, yeah, it's a great movie. And they'd go, would you sign my... And I started to explain who I wasn't. And they got disappointed. So eventually, when enough people just asked, I just said, I signed Nick Beatty. So I became a friend of his at auditions. And I said, I'm covering for you, Ned. Now, now, did you ever do anything with Ned Beatty? No, we never, we would just be one of those, I'd run into him at auditions for things. Because that seems like a natural that you guys could like play brothers on screen. We and... could have, it just never, uh, just never hit. Uh, we, but we were starting off camera, uh, you know, fun things, I spent uh, 25 years in Hollywood, and uh, I was at Grauman's uh, Chinese on Hollywood Boulevard, Star Trek in 1977. Star Wars. Star Wars, that it. In 1977, and I bought a t-shirt. I'm wearing one from Planet Hollywood, which is you know, long out of business. But it was fun growing up then, you know, or being alive young in, in Hollywood. And uh, of course, I survived the 6.8 earthquake. That was Oh, very fun. wow, yeah, that interrupted the World Series. I started, yes, my goodness, yes. And uh, I did a lot of. What was uh, that, 96? Uh, oh, goodness. Or was it before then? No, it was no, before it was, then. It was yeah, before in the then. 80s, yeah. Yeah, it was in the 80s. So I'm trying to think when exactly. Uh, I lived in a section of L.A. called Hancock Park, which um, was when I bought there, you know, on, on the comeback, as it were. And, uh, you know, the rich, rich areas of Beverly Hills and Redwood and Palisades. But this was a great area, and as it grew, it became the place where New York and Chicago actors wanted to live. So uh, I had uh, Gary Sinise and John Malkovich as neighbors. So that was oh, what was fun in Hollywood? Um, my kids grew up there. Yeah. And I coached baseball for ten years. And uh, on my baseball team was Josh Groban, Mike, and and, and uh, Gillenhall, the two Gillenhall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Josh, Josh Groban and Denzel Washington's kids. That's phenomenal. Yeah, but it was just, you know, and I turned to my wife. We, we had a game where the parents played the varsity, and my kids went to Brentwood. And uh, on the 
parent team was uh, Jim Balenci, John Lithgow, Billy Crystal, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, Leonard Nimoy. And I turned to my wife and I said, nah, not Kansas anymore, darling. Not anymore. That's phenomenal. Now, I, um, I grew up watching you on all of these different programs that you were on. I remember you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you almost always showing up as a cop. Did you play I, a cop more I, than anything? Uh, more than anything. Uh, I was or an immigration officer or like a different strokes uh, when the little kids were throwing bombs out of their window and I showed up as an FBI agent. And so, uh, or an immigration officer. Yeah, no, I played plenty of those. Then I was a cop on the Hill Street Blues. Yeah. Uh, that was great fun. And uh, my other... Uh, sort of genre was uh, insurance agents uh, <laughs> totally selling people they weren't covered <laughs> now you were on star trek next generation who, yes. did, who did you play on that i played if you google me uh if you google erko erko okay star trek tng uh up comes my picture uh, on the show and uh, actually, there's a fan base in Germany for my character. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Well, what is collectible? Yeah. You know? And so, uh, anyway, I uh, I played the Minister of Culture on the most boring planet in the universe. <laughs> and my boss, who is the prime, prime minister of the country, was going to marry Gene Roddenberry's widow. She did a... Yep, yep, yep. episodes and on this one and she always ended up well, sort of like Kramer always getting fired on Seinfeld she always ended up not marrying the guy and went on like six episodes and my boss was one of her non-marries and uh, the last scene very funny uh, we were very prudish and very boring we were really dull and so we're standing there waiting for the wedding ceremony some big Vulcan satyrian ceremony and uh, in, yes, and in comes um, Gene Roddenberry's widow uh, naked so they did a back shot and they used a body double and uh, of course I'm standing there with my boss and I'm appalled and I cover his eyes it's the last shot of the city and, but it was great fun. It was the last season of Star Trek TNG. Okay. And uh, in between scenes, I was there for eight days. And uh, Patrick Stewart and, and Jonathan Frames were doing Romeo and Juliet. They knew the entire script. And Patrick Stewart played Juliet. He was extraordinary. <laughs> And so, uh, anyway, lots of fun things that, that, that happened uh, working there. My wife, Lord Rester, died young. She was on Happy Days. Okay. And uh, Wonder Woman. And uh, it was, uh, you know, my two kids grew up there. My younger son was in Jerry Maguire. And my older son is now, if you Google him, uh, one of the 15 most successful book readers in the world. He's read over 1,200 books. Audio books? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly for Audible, but 
a lot of other companies as well. That, that's phenomenal, isn't it? That, yes. that how our kids follow in our footsteps in some ways. Maybe it's not the exact same craft, but like, you know, my son, he's 22. Um, he's gotten into photography and film and video production. Um, and my daughter is an actress, dancer, and singer, and she's uh, gonna be a big star of the Broadway stage before it's said and done. And, you know, I did, I did that for 30 years, touring the country on stage. And what shows were you? I, well, I, I produced my own show um, called Swingin' at the Roxy, and we did it, I, I did it from 2000 until 2010, um, and produced it off-Broadway, and we did uh, theaters all across the country, and uh, but then I did a tour of uh, Closer Than Ever by Malt B. and Shire. Oh, I did yeah, that's a, a wonderful show. I did a tour of Broadway Swing. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so, so you're a dancer as well. I, I was yeah. once upon a time. Once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So it's just it's fun how how that happens. Now you were on Seinfeld. That was uh, yes. Uh, of all the shows, I did 200 shows in a 25 year period. And that was my favorite. Um, yeah. First of all, it was very difficult to get on the shows. There are shows that are popular with the country, like Home Improvement. I was a regular on there as well. Um, but Seinfeld was also popular with the industry. Okay. And they liked it. Everyone wanted to be on it. Everybody wanted to be on it. And when I would take live, you know, as those shows do, and uh, at my taping, that I was uh, Diane Keaton and Woody Allen were there. I mean, that was the kind of audience they got live. Whereas at the home and movement, the audiences were great, but they were all from Iowa or Indiana, you know. <laughs> it was not an industry show. That's interesting. You know, I mean, popular, but actually more popular than Seinfeld. In my opinion, Seinfeld is one of the top five oh, greatest comedies ever made. No question, no question. Uh, when I auditioned, I, I was the bra manufacturer. And I oh, that's people. right, I remember. And uh, I did two episodes. I hired Kramer to sell Brazier's. And then, uh, <laughs> and then they came to me. Uh, and, uh, Stiller, Jerry Stiller. The dad came to me with an the I bro. men's Brazilian. And uh, that's, that's a great episode. Mine was, you know, you're on to something. You know, selling Brazilians exclusively to women, we're only utilizing 50% of the market. The guy really was impressed with this whole concept. So when I auditioned for Larry David, who was really a genius, the word gets thrown around a lot. I met two geniuses in Hollywood in 25 years, Larry David and James Burroughs. Okay. I mean, he was a brilliant director. And and Cheers is another one in my top five greatest comedies ever made. Great comedy to work on. I played a guy, uh, Ted Danson's t-shirt was being auctioned on PBS to raise money. And every time they'd have an item come up and people were bidding, 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 and then they'd bring up his jersey from the baseball. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. And everything went silent. So now all of a sudden the regulars in the bars started to bid. And he'd find out about it and beat them up over it. And he'd no, no, no. So finally they show the jersey again, and I buy it. 
this. So the last episode in this in the, uh, episode is uh, I come last scene. I come in with the jersey and attention. A real fan is here. He wants my jersey to be signed by me. And uh, I came up and said, "Oh, is, is this your jersey?" He said, "Yes, it is." And he went on the front or the back. He said, "No, no. I, I came to give it back to you. I figured it might be worth something to you. I, I just wanted it off the air." <laughs> I remember that episode. That was so great. That was so great. Fun. I mean, some shows were fun to work on. You know, so, so my top five greatest television comedies: Seinfeld, uh, uh, Cheers, yeah. All in the Family. I was in all three. Mash. No, did not do. Um, and it's a tie for me between Arrested Development and um, Sanford and Son. I did. I did Sanford. Yes. So I did four out of your five. You, you held him up. You I were the held him up. Yeah. I was a jewelry thief. Yes. And that was great fun, too. I, as a kid in Philadelphia, apropos of your show and stuff, I used to go to the candy store and uh, I would... Uh, why Red Fox's albums under the kick table? You know, those were the days. They'd be PG 13 now, but back in the 40s and 50s, it was hot materials. When, when I was in college, I got to study with him, and um, he, uh, he gave me the two best pieces of advice I've ever gotten in my career. He said, Kid, always play to the cheap seats. Yep. And then he said, you're nobody in this business until someone's trying to tear you down. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, he was just extraordinary. And, uh, well, I have somebody who might actually be interested in my... Well, you know what? We'll, we'll let you get back to... We'll let you get back to business. This has been phenomenal just really, sharing some time with you. I want to say for your fans... I've been in this business since I was three years old. And this gentleman has the best energy I have ever seen. I get tired watching him. Oh, thank you. That is so really kind. Is that really is great. so and kind. You're lucky to have him if you're watching his show. Really terrific. Thank so, you. I'll, oh, you I'll pay you your $20 later. <laughs> Come on down to Hitchhiker Toys in White House, Tennessee, where we've got toys for all ages. Action figures galore like DC and Marvel characters. We've got Star Wars toys and accessories. And of course, your favorite pro wrestling action figures. Check out our huge selection of Funko Pops. Along with a selection of graded Pokemon cards. Vintage board games and puzzles. Hot Wheels, Matchbox cars. We've got plush toys, and a great selection of Barbie and fashion toys. And if you've got some old toys laying around, bring them to us. We buy, sell, and trade, and no collection is too big or too small. Hitchhiker Toys is located conveniently at 141 Edenway Drive, Suite A, in White House, Tennessee, 37188. Turn by the subway, and we're located in the shopping center between White House Nutrition and White House Produce. You can't miss us. 
hours are Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 6, Sunday, 12 to 5, and closed on Monday. Make sure to visit us at hitchhikertoys.com.